a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I was uh, honored today to be a co host in a webinar with World Trade Center Utah, our friend Miles Hansen, uh, President and CEO over there. Uh, it was about Afghanistan uh, and the future of American foreign policy. So some of the lessons learned from Afghanistan, what, what does that put us now? Where are we? Uh, and really what comes next? Obviously, there's a, a whole series of questions about what went wrong. Uh, some of the things went right. And uh, more importantly, what comes next as it relates to that region of the world? What does it mean for us in terms of foreign policy here in the United States of America uh, what does it mean for businesses right here in the state of Utah who are doing international things and dealing with supply chains and uh, all kinds of, of things? Uh, so we had the opportunity to interview uh, Ambassador Mark Grossman, uh, who was the Undersecretary of Political Affairs in the George W. Bush White House and uh, has is part of the Cohen uh, Institute. And uh, he's the vice chair of the Cohen Group, of course, uh, former Secretary of State Cohen. And as they look uh, across the world, he's spent a lot of time in Afghanistan. He understands that region of the world incredibly well. And so we we went through and we we started by just some basic framing in terms of what happened, why were we there, uh, how did that evolve over time, how did it end, and uh, what what did we learn, good, bad, and indifferent from the war in Afghanistan? Take a listen. This is Ambassador Mark Grossman. The answer is a simple one. The answer is 9-11. And uh, the, the administration, the American public, uh, we knew, we believed uh, that that terrorist attack, which took place uh, in the United States of America, in New York, in Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., had been planned in Afghanistan, had been practiced in Afghanistan, came from Afghanistan. And so I think the biggest moment of clarity uh, in all of this relationship we have with Afghanistan is that moment uh, when there was no question why we went there. We went there to seek revenge and to teach a lesson and to say that you cannot attack the United States of America the way people did on 9-11 and have it go uh, without any answer. And so the, the, the initial answer is really clear. If you think about then for the years that go by, was it successful, you ask? Well, in some ways it was successful in the sense that if you take, as I often did, the one sentence issue of why are we in Afghanistan, we're in Afghanistan to make sure that never again should Afghanistan be a place where a terrorist attack is planned or, uh, or motivated from uh, on, our, on the United States of America, our friends and our allies, that was successful. Um, if you looked at, at some of the other issues, you know, the honest answer is it's mixed, right? So we invested an enormous amount there over 20 years. And don't forget, 
So did our friends, so did our allies. People invested enormously there to open an opportunity for people in Afghanistan to live a different kind of life, to live a kind of life that they wanted so that they could make choices about their own lives. And I think there's something to be proud of there. But you end up today, where are we? We are in a place where we've left Afghanistan. And so why did that effort not succeed? It didn't succeed because you couldn't overcome the tribalism in Afghanistan. You couldn't overcome weakness in the government of Afghanistan. Uh, you couldn't overcome you know, the safe havens that were around Afghanistan. You couldn't overcome corruption. And finally, also extremely important, is that I think the American public lost interest in being in Afghanistan. And for me, you cannot ask America's young men and women to serve in places where they're not supported by the public. You didn't write. Uh, a lot to unpack there from uh, former Ambassador Mark Grossman and, uh, you know, looking at how things evolved. Obviously, the initial uh, foray into Afghanistan was was really about uh, an attack on American soil that uh, was originated and planned there uh, in Afghanistan. So that part, I think everybody gets, everyone understands. Uh, and then, of course, things uh, get more complicated. The, the further uh, you go away from 9-11, and and then things start to get a little bit muddy, and the, and the consensus becomes a little less clear. Uh, and of course, the the public, uh, while tiring of some things in terms of uh, a two decades long uh, war there in Afghanistan, and uh, that's all understandable. I, I think you can you can get that and and learn from that. Uh, we went on and we discussed everything from the withdrawal and what went wrong there, and how that gets uh, into the the lesson books. Uh, remember a few months ago we had uh, 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 General McMaster on and he made a, a a comment that really has stuck with me. He said, we didn't fight a 20-year war in Afghanistan. We fought a one-year war 20 times, uh, which means that uh, across administrations uh, and across different leaders of the military, different secretaries of state, that we kept making the same mistakes over and over and over again. We weren't learning or we were following into the same thing we talked about previously with Jeffrey Westling, which which is, are we fighting the last war uh, or are we looking at what's next and how do we prepare for that? And there's a, a host of, of challenges and, and issues there that I think are, are really cu- crucial for consideration. Again, this was part of a webinar that was hosted by World Trade Center Utah Today about Afghanistan and the future of American foreign policy. Uh, we were able to ask Ambassador Grossman uh, on the, the positives, the negatives, on the, the actual withdrawal from Afghanistan. How was this exit executed? So this exit was executed in a way, clearly, um, that, that wasn't the most efficient and it wasn't the easiest way forward. But I hope that you and your audience would allow me one parenthesis here. We forget sometimes that from the 16th of August, to the 30th of August, 124,000 people were evacuated from Afghanistan. That's a historic number. Nobody's ever done anything like that before. And so U.S. diplomats, U.S. intelligence officers, U.S. military personnel, they accomplished something enormous. And, and clearly, there was a lot of chaos. And clearly, we can't forget the 13 lives that were lost there trying to help Afghans get out of the country. But 124,000 people is, a, is an astonishing accomplishment. And the fact that now some of those people will end up in Utah, you know, is a great credit to you and a great credit to all of you. But that's a, that's a lot of people. 
So it was a significant number. Of course, a lot of that was precipitated by the fact that there was a great uh, misalignment in terms of intelligence that was coming in and the way it was planned and carried out required that historic evacuation. And so, again, that's kind of an interesting thing. Which came first and which should we celebrate and which would should we be really worried about repeating in the future? Uh, and, again, it's that intelligence and communication that I think is always the issue that we have to come back to. Uh, the ambassador mentioned uh, that these uh, refugees from Afghanistan that uh, will be coming here to the state of Utah. Uh, remember, uh, Governor Spencer Cox has launched Utah Afghan Community Fund uh, to help support the Afghan refugees here. Uh, that's an important project and an important thing that many in the business community uh, are jumping on to to help. We suspect in total uh, there'll be about 700 or so uh, refugees. Again, these are former partners and allies, interpreters, guides, uh, and their families uh, who were very helpful uh, to the United States of America while in Afghanistan uh, who have fled uh, and will end up here in the state of Utah. Uh, and that, uh, again, that Utah Afghan Community Fund uh, that Governor Cox launched, I think is going to be an important part of how do we make sure we give them a, a good start uh, and a, a good chance to to be successful here in the state of Utah uh, and live their own version of the American dream under the freedoms that uh, we all hold dear and often take for granted. And so as we look at those, and we look at those who served during that conflict, uh, we honor everyone that served in any capacity uh, during uh, what took place in in Afghanistan and how that impacted military families around the world. Uh, Because remember, when we're sending women and men into one area, uh, it means other people are shouldering other responsibilities elsewhere around the world uh, that are also important. And often that means they're, they're carrying a heavier load uh, because some of uh, their comrades have gone into to one place as opposed to another. Uh, and so that's a, such a critical piece of the puzzle. And so we're, we're talking about, again, Afghanistan, lessons learned, future of American foreign policy. In other words, how did everything that took place over those two decades impact where we are now and how America is approaching our role in the world? Again, this was a webinar uh, hosted with our friends at World Trade Center Utah. And uh, one of the things I was able to ask uh, former Ambassador Mark Grossman about uh, was, you know, with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the ending of that season for American foreign policy, what does it actually mean for today? And what does it mean for the future of American foreign policy? Here's what he said. Does it signal a difference and a change in American foreign policy? I think it does. I think President Biden's not interested in fighting these wars, and he's looking at a grand strategy that has to do with great power competition. He's looking at a strategy that very much has to do with climate change, with global health, and very importantly, from my perspective, to come back to this theme, reconnecting some of our foreign policy to domestic questions in the United States so that people in Utah and others who are watching us today feel that they have a stake in this foreign policy, that it matters to them and that it benefits them. One of the most interesting things that the former ambassador said was that that one of the things that seems to be lacking uh, is kind of the the big idea, that there needs to be a a big driving force idea for American foreign policy, especially in that region of the world, uh, and that that just hasn't been forthcoming as yet in the Biden administration. And just how that can be such a focusing tool uh, not just from a military standpoint, but just from our, our diplomats, uh, from a foreign affairs standpoint and how things are negotiated and looked at. 
and so the the fact that there isn't this uh, big compelling idea, we always talk about it in, in reference to uh, focus always precedes success, and I think that's especially true uh, when it comes to foreign policy. If there were mistakes, I think in in Afghanistan, many of them were a mistake of focus that the focus just kind of waned a little bit and it did not continually evolve to where there was a big compelling driving force message or idea or policy objective uh, that could actually connect uh, back here to the United States back to all of us around our dinner tables and in our homes and so it was interesting that the uh, the former ambassador took that approach that uh, look you have to have a big idea uh, America can rally the world around big ideas uh, when they choose to. Now, really interesting, uh, many of the participants, of course, uh, on this webinar today were business leaders, uh, not just here in the state of Utah, but around the world. And uh, I asked the former ambassador uh, about this this notion. Sometimes we, we talk about the, the cause of freedom. Sometimes we hear nation building as part of the problem that we can't do that. Uh, And what should our foreign policy look like to extend freedom around the world? And he came back to something really interesting. We kind of went back and forth on uh, this idea that the, you know, the founders of the country uh, really understood that it's it's entrepreneurs. It's it's small business that really drives freedom and that as wise and wonderful as the, the founders were, they at their core. They were really just a bunch of entrepreneurs and business owners who were tired of being overtaxed and overregulated and having a, a big, distant, non-responsive government that, that was just too intrusive in what they were trying to build and do. And one of the things that we know from our foreign policy is that when you try to nation build, that rarely works. And when we do something similar uh, but a little less painful, when we just dump money into countries or into regions, trying to prop up, you know, little democracies, that doesn't work either. It might work for a season, but what we really have to do is we have to help foster institutions that enable entrepreneurs to thrive. And it was really interesting. Uh, The former ambassador, uh, Mark Grossman, I asked him uh, about this and and what he thought it really meant and what do we really have to try to be doing uh, to create that environment in uh, countries around the world uh, so that entrepreneurs can thrive. And he said there's there's three points to it. (laughs) Rule of law, rule of law, and rule of law. Uh, He said if if you don't have rule of law, it's impossible for entrepreneurs to invest and grow. It's it's impossible for American-based businesses to say, we want to do business there. If they're not certain they can repatriate their funds at some point, if they're not sure uh, that copyrights and patents are going to be upheld, or if they do have a, uh, a crossing on uh, some issue that they're going to get a fair shake in a trial in that country. And so all of those things, that rule of law, I love the fact that he went there as part of what we should be promoting around the world uh, if we really want to increase freedom around the world. It's having rule of law so that entrepreneurs can thrive. Uh, that's a real driver of freedom. Uh, so I thought that was a really interesting takeaway from uh, the conversation today. We also had a, an extensive uh, conversation. Obviously, one of the things that so many have been worried about in Afghanistan is here you had 20 years where where the women of Afghanistan were really able uh, to step forward in a significant way. Uh, 
uh, that they were part of the drafting of the Constitution, that they had positions and worked in government uh, and in business and in communities. Uh, And how will that fare uh, under the Taliban now? And we've seen some of the backlash of that already. Uh, But what does that really mean moving forward? And uh, I love the fact that Ambassador Grossman uh, said that of all the people he met in uh, his time in that region, in Afghanistan, he said his favorite, his favorite were the women entrepreneurs. Uh, He said they were just absolutely extraordinary in who they were, and what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I think he, he shared a belief that I have that the, uh, the women of Afghanistan are not done. And I think their biggest impact and their brightest days are yet to come. Uh, the, yeah, their days are not done. They'll have some challenges currently in the short term, I think for sure, under this version of the Taliban. Uh, but I think that ultimately they will carry the day. And that was the last thing that uh, Ambassador Mark Grossman shared with us on the webinar today with World Trade Center Utah, was that if you want to have lasting freedom, the women of the world have to be involved in that process. Couldn't agree more. I'm Boyd Matheson. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tyler Pager, who's uh, looking at the communication strategy coming out of the White House. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.